I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Your home for everything Melodifestivalen. This is Melfest Monday. Nu kör vi! Hello and welcome to Melfest Monday from us here at the Eurotrip. It's great to have you with us now that all five heats are done and dusted and in the history books. Two more artists bagged a place in the final on Saturday night. Two got a ticket to the new Loch Fenal Kvarlet and boy oh boy is there a lot to discuss from that. But can you see the light in the distance? Our 12 artists, our 12 heroes are calling as the Melfest final is less than a week away. Are you excited? Because I'm not. Oh man, I'm an awful liar, aren't I? I'm always excited for a Melfest final. I'm certain it'll be another unforgettable show. And what a roller coaster ride we've been on during the heats. I've been begging SVT to give my heart a break because the drama has been off the scale. But it is almost time to strap in for the final in Stockholm, uh, back to its roots in the capital of Sweden. But I'll be here, back to my roots, getting you up to speed ahead of the show. If you asked me, I'd say it's not easy to write a love song, or even any song for that matter, but the plethora of songwriters and artists in the final, they just make it all look so effortless. We'll all miss it when it's finished and off our screens. Hopefully you'll miss me too when I'm gone and Melfest Monday is done for another year. 
But as always, I'm happy that you found me and I hope you'll be tuned in for the next 60 minutes or so. Hopefully it won't drag on too much. We've got two experts joining us today to help us figure out what will happen in the final, but Kesera will probably have to wait until the show to see how it all pans out. There's plenty to discuss. We've got the Melfest Monday Hall of Fame and, and, and two of this year's finalists will be stopping by for a chat as well. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotour Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Let's welcome our expert panel then. First of all, let's uh, let's say hello to Mr. Melopedia, Gustav Darlander. Welcome. Hello. Hello. So uh, so great to be back. And yeah, I've been very busy with Melopedia for a couple of weeks here and uh, I hear you're enjoying it. So uh, yeah, really happy to be back. And I'm certainly not the only one who is enjoying it. I, I, I'm sure everybody listening has at least clicked on it once a week. I, I know I've, I've been clicking on it nearly every day to, <laughs> to help research for this. Uh, so we're always so thankful. Uh, and also, let's welcome uh, the, as I have now been corrected, the presenter of Sweden's biggest news podcast, Jenny Orgren. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay, thank you. Uh, just humble brag there with the the, the biggest uh, news uh, podcast in Sweden. <laughs> hey, you you told me before we pressed record. You you yeah, you I almost know. asked me to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really did. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's so fun to be back. I can verify it. it's absolutely true what Jenny is saying. It's a great podcast. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's chat about Saturday night then. We we had the fifth heat, of course, uh, and then the final qualifier, the the uh, the new second chance or the final qualifier. Uh, so there's plenty to to talk about. Jenny, should we start with uh, the qualifiers direct to the final? Marcus Martinez with unforgettable. I, I can't believe I'm going to make this joke, but was it an unforgettable performance? <laughs> yeah, it was very. Uh, very good, actually. I will not forget about it. <laughs> uh, it was uh, what we really thought would happen. So it was no surprise that Marcus and Martinez uh, really uh, won and uh, caught all of the audience's uh, attention and, and the votes from the audience. It was a very strong way to open the show, wasn't it? You know, that that staging that huge prop that they brought on it just felt like it felt like they were in a nightclub on that stage didn't it it really did and uh, in the in the beginning of the rehearsals on Thursday i thought how will this look on tv and will the uh, will the audience in the arena even feel that they are in the same room but i mm. think they open up a lot more and so they had contact with the with the public Gustav, uh, one of the things I always look forward to from you uh, at the start of the week is when you tell us how many camera cuts there are going to be so we can try and figure out what it's (laughs) going to look like. And there was a lot of camera cuts. I don't know, was it the most camera cuts in one performance we've had this year? I can't quite remember. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't prepared for the question, but yeah, I remember that it's uh, the second, the second most. I, if I remember correctly, it was eighty-eight camera cuts. And uh, I, I hear, I'd love to hear that you like this information because I'm, I'm uh, working to get it. Um, the most camera cuts was uh, Scarlet, uh, one hundred and four, I think, and uh, wow. then we had Marcus and Martinez with um, uh, eighty-eight. The most ever was uh, Oscar Shia with uh, Human in two thousand sixteen, and that was like two hundred and fifty or something. What? 
Is yeah. it true? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it it hurt my brain to watch that, uh, <laughs> that production. And Gustav knew that from the top of his head. He was looking straight down the camera. He didn't even look away at any notes. I'm very impressed you knew that straight away. Yeah, well, what can I say? <laughs> very impressive. Uh, so, of course, Marcus and Martinez opened the show, and then we had Medina close the show. We, we had them on the podcast last week, and uh, they were telling us what it meant to be back uh, and what they were going to bring to the show. They said the song was going to be very Medinish, is uh, is the word they used, Jenny. Did it live up to the hype for you? Not really like in in Ediman, but I love Medina and I really think that they did a great performance and they had all the audience with them and it was it was quite nervous in the end when when the voting started if they were actually mm. going to make it to the final. But it uh, they were really, really put together and they had the, the pyrotechnic. Do you say that? Yeah. Mm. And the yeah. dancers and the bike. Very strange thing with the bike. <laughs> I really don't understand because it was kind of messy on the, uh, on, the, on, the sh- on the stage. But they kept it together and they delivered a great performance. So I'm not surprised that they actually went to the final in the end. Yeah, I was watching uh, with my brother and he said, uh, imagine having to be the person who rode the bike on the <laughs> stage. That was probably one of the most nerve-wracking things to do. Yes, I think so too. <laughs> Gustav, a, a, a tremendous result as well for, for duos generally on uh, on Saturday night because it was two the two duos in the competition who both went through to the final. Yeah, that was uh, stats-wise maybe the most interesting thing of the night because it has never happened in the history of Melodie Festival that two duos or duets have made it through to the final from a heat. Uh, And actually, last time, none of the two qualifiers was a solo artist was back in 2013, so more than 10 years ago. There was the third heat uh, with uh, Ravajax and the State of Drama. Uh, so uh, we have to go back to like 2008 to find something similar. Then we had uh, Frida featuring Headline and uh, we had BWO, uh, which is a trio, not a duo. And the other was a featuring act. But it was uh, okay that we had five artists, but now we had four. We never had that before. So, so it was a bit special. They found the right way to package that, uh, that duo act in both cases. In terms of Medina, again, though, Jenny, just a great way to close the show. There's always this anticipation about what is the final song going to be uh, in all of the heat. Often we uh, we think SVT are going to put what they think might be the winner. I think they might have drifted away from that, from that now. But a, a wonderful way to sort of close out all of those heats, wasn't it? It really was. It was party and you saw the, all the audience in the arena was dancing and it really closed. Uh, I mean, I think it was quite... This year has been quite boring with the songs. I'm not uh, at all amazed of the songs that we have heard this year. And I think the final is quite boring, actually. But we can come to that later. But but ending it with Medina and that party, it was uh, uh, five stars. I was wondering how long it would take for Jenny to become negative. Negative Jenny returns how, to the podcast. Uh, uh, hello, here I am again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the, the two songs then that went to the, the, the new qualifying uh, round. Uh, Annika Vickihalder, uh, who for me throughout the week and throughout rehearsals sort of went under the radar. I don't know about, I don't know if you think, uh, think the same, Jenny. I think actually exactly the same because when I saw the rehearsals on Thursday, it was like, I'm going to fall asleep now or maybe I will go to the bathroom in the, while she sings. 
But then yesterday when I saw it, it was like, this is another song. This is another performance because she did a great performance and she sang like she had never sung before and it was a great performance. I really like what she did and I can really understand why the elderly uh, audience in Sweden really, really liked her so much and voted for her yesterday. And Gustav, uh, she had a, a Melfest winning songwriter on the song as well, didn't she? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Patrick Sean and uh, Herman Gardarbe who won in 2020 with uh, the Mamas. Uh, I think it was uh, exactly like Janice says. She she really performed that song in a brilliant way, really impressive for a debutante, and uh, it probably was the biggest excitement of the night to see if she would overtake uh, Medina and, and take that uh, uh, second qualification spot to the final already from uh, the heat. You mentioned the voting there. It was very tense, wasn't it, Jenny? We, we touched on it a little bit before as well. Because I think going into it, do you, did you think the same as me, that Medina were just going to pick up almost all of the 12 points and they would sail straight through? But it was, uh, it was very dramatic in the end, wasn't it? It was really dramatic and I was really surprised because the first voter group was my voter group and I was pissed of my voter, <laughs> uh, voting group for voting for Jay Smith. And I was like, what are you thinking? It's not a party song. We need some party in the final. So I was quite surprised. I think that the other voting group was uh, for Medina. They got the 12 for the second round. Uh, so then I was like, okay, okay, now they are coming. Or if it was Annika Vigaldi, it was very, very, uh, uh, what do you say? Dramatic. Dramatic. Tense. So I was like, yeah. wow, what's going to happen? Medina has to go to the final. So did you not like Jay Smith then? You, you mentioned him there. Did you not like him or was it just the fact that you wanted some party in the final? Well... I won't party in the final and I think that Jay Smith is he's a really, really good uh, singer. And I mean, he had his sister who is from the very, very famous uh, pop duo mm. Smith & Tell and she can really write songs. So they could have written him something even better, I think. Gustav, uh, Jenny mentioned that the song was written by his sister uh, Smith & Tell uh, together uh, and his sister joined him on stage as well. We didn't think that was going to happen. We just thought she was going to help write the song, but she ended up uh, as, a, as an offstage uh, backup singer, didn't she? Yeah, exactly. She she was an offstage backing singer and some uh, fans have said that, wow, maybe this is one step closer to Smith & Tell actually uh, taking on the stage of Melody Festival and, and um, eventually um, the the entry got uh, position two in the running order of the final so maybe that points to that it will not uh, win at least uh, uh, number two hasn't won. Jenny would you like to see Smith & Tell do Melody Festival and as an as an artist in the future? I think that would be great to have I mean I think we kind of struggle a bit with year after year after year, using the same artists. Now this year we have more debutants than we have ever had in a very, very long time. But I think that the returning artists are the ones that we've been seen before. Lisa Ajax, Liamo, Dotter, Danny Saucedo and so on. So I think that we should really have to work. As SVT really, really needs to work to get some of the other big artists in Sweden to try to, to get them into the competition. Because that's what we saw now with the Fröken Stusk. How popular she has been and with her hit song is number one in Sweden and so that has been kind of great for Melody Festival and to have a completely different 
artists than we have seen before. So I think that if Smith and Tell would show up, it would be great. And Gustav, what Jenny was mentioning there about debutantes uh, and their success this year, I think we've only had one who got a place direct to the final, uh, haven't we, uh, throughout the heat? Uh, yeah, let's be Sorry, see. I keep, put, I keep putting you on the spot, <laughs> yeah. Gustav. Yeah, you, keep, you keep asking me spontaneous questions. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had Jacqueline, uh, who's, uh, who's a debutante, and that's the only one. So um, as we as we said in, when I was in Memphis Monday last time, it's um, very rare that debutantes go straight to the final from the heats. But uh, from the uh, final qualification round, it's far more common. And indeed, we did see Annika Vicky Halder and Jay Smith proceed from the final qualification round uh, to make it a total of three debutants in the final now. Uh, so uh, that would bring a, bring it more balanced overall, I guess. And this has always been uh, a virtue of the final qualification round. Well, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Jacqueline does in the final because she was she won her heat and she's a debutant. So she has all the uh, things to, you know, make it to to the top five anyway. Because what we see in results earlier years is that if you end up second in your heat, it's not very likely that you win uh, Melody Festival. So it will be interesting to see if we have a debutante to win. Have that has that happened since you know, like Carola, nineteen eighty three. Uh, debutante, we, we did see uh, the Mamas, they were technically debutantes, Ooh. and uh, Franz uh, before that uh, yes, also debutante. So it, it has happened uh, a number of times. But, uh, but uh, I, want to, I want to add there that uh, there's been a big discussion about if you finish number two in the heats, uh, you can't win. But we have seen um, uh, one occasion from the second chance, of course, winning, but also three occasions from the second chance finishing second, which is really close to winning and mm. that's not even finishing second in the heat so it could be that it's more of, of a coincidence that we haven't seen uh, someone finishing number two in the heat and, uh, to win for, for such a long time and also we technically don't know if they would have been number two in the heats with the old system uh, so uh, in like 20 percent of the cases uh, the entry finishing uh, with being the first finalist in the current system uh, would have been second in the old system, something like this. So, so there are a degree of freedom here uh, that, that we could um, uh, look at. There's so much for us to consider. This is what I love about it. There's always something, <laughs> there's always another element for us to touch on. Um, shall we chat about the final qualifying round then? Because I was watching it on a little bit of a delay, I think about 30 minutes uh, of a delay. And when it finished, I went online and there was a lot of talk about it, about whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, whether people liked the change or not. I did ask uh, for people to get in touch with some of their thoughts. I'll read some of them out now and then we can we can talk about it. So Grace on Twitter said, uh, I want them to go back to the standard dual show, hands down the most entertaining show format out of the past three ways. Uh, we also had Cuz who said, to put it politely, any format that leaves a number one single lying on the table is flawed. It's uh, a reference to Frick and Snusk, I'm, I'm sure, Gustav. Uh, yeah. Dean said, I think the format was as good as the quality of the songs this year. We can we can take that one way or another, I guess. Uh, but then Bruce, uh, he got in touch and said, I liked it. Uh, Andrew Hwanson and the semi-final always felt like a filler week. This runoff was decent. I doubt people would be complaining as much, if at all, if their favourites made it through. Uh, so uh, some different kind of thoughts there. Uh, Jenny, did it work? 
No, it really didn't. <laughs> I, it was it was really exciting because it was uh, it was very dramatic and everything. But I think it was kind of unjust and unfair to the uh, all of the songs that has qualified in the other four weeks. Uh, if you hadn't watched Melody Festival and through these four weeks and this is the first time you you put on uh, Melody Festival in this year and you see 40 seconds of every song except for the two that uh, actually competed in Heat 5 then it, it's it's very very different to see a song in 40 seconds and get your own opinion and also uh, had the time to vote for it and also uh, and uh, in comparison to uh, to see those Jay Smith and Annika Vicky Halder live once live and then two uh, snabbre priser mm, short yeah, recap months. yeah yeah recap so it was it's kind of unjust and i think that is going to be a very big critic for svt to uh, handle this week and to you know think about how we, they are going to do it next year Gustava, obviously we've mentioned you do work for SVT and you're not here necessarily to defend the the decision or anything like that. But it's it's good to have you here to try and add some context to it, Uh, because the way they've done it this year is obviously very different to what we've seen in the past, because it was not a standalone show. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, To make it part of a week with new songs is uh, something that has been um, felt to be very important from SVT's perspective, because... Uh, to get a lot of viewers uh, to go to uh, the show, you need new songs uh, or the final. This has been the analysis. Uh, and uh, you have really seen the, the viewing figures drop like 25% or something for this uh, second chance uh, week or final round of qualifications week. Uh, so the problem here is, um, uh, does uh, this, this format with new songs that go straight to the final qualification round mean that uh, these uh, songs have a, a big uh, upside. Um, and, and this has always been a big discussion during uh, this year's Melody Festival and in, uh, in the media. So potentially you could, you could think that this could be a running order on steroids. You know, the running order is important uh, in the baseline scenario in any song contest. Uh, and here you have a running order where you have like The other songs were week before, weeks before, and now you have <laughs> two songs that you've just heard. It could potentially be running order on uh, steroids, uh, but this has to be uh, something for, for the internal analysis. Uh, the project manager of Melody Festival, Anders Wistbacke, said that actually Annika Bicke Halder and uh, Jay Smith had uh, a huge amount of, of uh, votes on the night compared to Uh, the ending at number three and number four the other weeks. Uh, So um, it could be that they would have advanced anyway. I think it boils down to, uh, it seems that Annika Vicky Halder certainly would have advanced because uh, she really made a strong impression. Uh, So it boils down to Jay Smith versus uh, Fröken Snusk, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, for, for that last spot. And I think what made it really dramatic was the fact that in the end, that Jay Smith and Froken Snusk both got the same amount of points in that second round of voting. I, I guess it mightn't have been as dramatic if that hadn't have happened, Gustav. Yeah, and uh, since they got the same amount of, of points, the number of exact votes that they got on the Saturday night was the tiebreaker rule, as it usually is in Melody Festivalen. 
so uh, yeah, as Viti said, uh, that uh, this will be something that they will analyze very closely. Yeah, I guess they can't make that decision overnight. It's uh, it's fair to say. Jenny, do you think whoever would have been in Heat Five and got a place in the final qualifying round, do you think they would have gotten through? Whoever would have got through that Heat Heat Five? It's impossible to say, but yeah. really, I think it's a favor to be in Heat Five and and at the same time be in this new final qualet. So I think I really think so. I think they had an advantage of uh, of being in the Heat Number Five, actually. And we've talked about uh, Frickensness quite a lot because she she's really popular, especially online, especially for for younger audiences. For SVT, I guess they might feel like they've kind of lost out by not having her in the final, Jenny, because she would bring in a a huge portion of an audience, wouldn't she? She really would. And as I discussed with my uh, colleague Toby Ek earlier today, we said that SVT... Uh, is really uh, getting to uh, be an uh, an older uh, show. It's an older uh, channel for uh, older people to watch. It's mm. like sixty plus that's watching. So they need to uh, capture and, and the the younger audiences. So they need the uh, younger kids from ten to thirty to watch their show. And with Fröken Snusk out of the game, who are they going to vote for here? Also, I mean. Uh, of course, there are other songs they will vote for, <laughs> but uh, I think that Fröken really, you know, kind of took in a, a different kind of audience. So it's very sad for SVT that Fröken now isn't in the final because there had also been a bit of a, a crazy thing in the final to happen with her in there. If you were to choose uh, a, a final qualifying format, Jenny, what would you choose? Would you choose the one we had on Saturday? Would you bring back the duels? What What do you think makes the best television? No, I, or would you get rid well, of it entirely? Best, I would get rid of it entirely. I think that the audience has already said it's uh, thing when they say that these two songs we want in the finals, these other two songs we didn't like as much, so they will not vote for them really in the final make it five five heats and then uh, a final but nothing in between there so they have like five uh, five heats and then the final there are so many different aspects to think about here so there's always like upsides and downsides with different solutions we have indeed seen throughout the years songs that needed this second chance like Felix Sandman every single day and so on that people like didn't vote for very much at all when they saw it the first time and then they needed to listen to it a couple of times so this has always been the idea behind this format and it it was introduced in the first um, iteration in uh, 2002 Uh, so there are upsides with it too but uh, it's it's really challenging to find uh, a really good way to handle it i personally liked the concept that we had uh, from 2007 and a couple of years onwards when uh, there were duels and you had first you had four duels and then uh, you had the semi-finals with two more duels and then uh, you had two songs that uh, advanced it was just contest contest to contest and it felt like a bloodbath and it was good tv <laughs> uh, so so that was there was but uh, you know there are problems with duels too as a format so yeah it's difficult 
It is very difficult. And what they're trying to do is obviously make good television. And they're not necessarily going to get a winner from this second chance or, or final qualifier. Maybe they're going to get a wider variety of songs in the final. So we do get a more eclectic final. But uh, uh, safe to say we've got a lot more time to discuss this over the next few weeks and months before, before Melfest uh, returns. Anyway, Jenny, Gustav, stay right there. We look ahead to the final of Melfest uh, right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Your home for everything Melodifestivalen. This is Melfest Monday. Welcome back to Melfest Monday from us here at the Eurotrip. We love it when you get in touch. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can email us, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. And you can also drop us a message if you head over to buy me a coffee. Uh, That's what Andy did when he bought us three coffees. Uh, Andy said, great listening as always. Melfest Monday always helps me with my Monday car trips to work. Well, thanks, Andy. Uh, You can do the same by heading to buymeacoffee.com. We'd be ever so grateful. Now then, time for... The Melfest Monday Hall of Fame. Last week, Rob and I were looking to find Sweden's best third place at the Eurovision Song Contest, pitting winners against each other. I think we may have done in the past, and Sweden have only come second once in their history, hence why we chose third place. Uh, I chose Eric Sardas Popular from 2011, and Rob chose Den Wilders One More Time from 1996. And for the second week in a row, I only went and won, didn't I? Uh, thanks to 55% of you choosing Eric Sardar when we put it to a poll on Twitter. Now, we have one final category on this series, and it is a biggie. It might even cause an international crisis when you find out what it is, because we are looking for... Lorene's best Eurovision song. 
it's probably a conversation you've had amongst uh, some of your fellow Melfest and Eurovision friends over the last 12 months or so. Uh, it is a difficult choice, isn't it? Let's see which corner Rob is in. Hello, James. Hello, everyone. It is, of course, as James has already said, the last Melfest Monday Hall of Fame of the year. Best Lorene songs at Eurovision. Yes, Tattoo's good. Yes, it's great. Yes, it's probably one of the best winners ever. But is it as iconic as Lorene's first win at Eurovision? Let's go to Baku. Let's go to Azerbaijan in 2012. We all know where we were. We can all remember the first time we heard that song and saw it on the Eurovision stage. So my submission for best Lorene song at Eurovision has got to be Euphoria. James, thank you for a brilliant series of Malfest Monday. I know we've still got the grand final reaction episode to come next week, but it's been a pleasure listening along this year. So thank you very much. Just a shame you're going to lose the Hall of Fame. Well, understandably, that then leaves me with tattoo. Uh, I say it leaves it leaves me with tattoo. I'm certainly not unhappy with that choice. Uh, I guess it's more modern. It's fresher. Euphoria has had its time. So let's show tattoo some love. It's over to you now, uh, Euphoria or Tattoo. Head over to our Twitter, at Eurotrip Podcast. There will be a poll uh, that will go live at some point on Monday, and it'll be live all week for you to cast your vote. Your home for everything Melodifestivalen. This is Melfest Monday. Let's focus on the final now then. Gustav and Jenny will be back with us very shortly, but why don't we chat to two of the finalists? In a moment, we'll welcome Adam, the frontman of Smash Into Pieces, back onto the podcast. But first, it is a huge welcome to Maria Sir, making her first appearance on Melfest Monday. She debuted last year, uh, less than 12 months after she was forced to leave her home country of Ukraine. She performed Never Give Up and finished ninth in the final. This year, though, she's back with a song that she says is much more of her own style. Uh, she took part in Heat Number no. 2 a few weeks ago with When I'm Gone, and it went direct to the final. Uh, this is what happened when Rob sat down with Maria uh, a couple of days ago. Maria, sir, welcome to Melfest Monday. Thank you so much. Maria, you are in the Melfest final for the second year in a row. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. <laughs> I feel, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling awesome. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm, it's, uh, I'm feeling great because this year um, I'm having a song that I feel like more my song. So I'm feeling great. How enjoyable is it to perform your entry this year? Because it looks like you are having 
an incredible time on on the stage the staging as well is is amazing the performance is so like eye-catching and striking so how much fun are you having out there because as you said it, it it feels more like your song this year than last year of course yeah i think you can even you said i think people can see that because on stage i'm really like really like enjoying even though the performance really intense like it's so much to do on stage and so much things to think about like it's a, it's dancing it's a singing it's like um, it's like cameras it's uh, feelings it's so much things to think about but I, I really love that and I I I mean this is just my environment I feel like and uh, I'm really just you know I just before I go on stage like like in my detailing in my competition uh, I was just just let it go everything and just enjoy and stage like now this is now this is your time i can do just only my best on stage i can give my all i can do my best uh, i i can't influence to results you know so like my mission is to do a great performance and for me it's very important that people will love that and people can feel something you must be so pleased with the reaction that you've had after your heat as well. You know, you, you have had fans, not just in Sweden, but fans around the world saying, Marissa has to go to Eurovision. <laughs> she has to represent Sweden this year. Like that must be so nice as an artist to, you know, finish performing, you're through and then you go on social media and you see all this support as well. Yes, like I'm so grateful that people really like it. And it means then that I'm doing like I'm on the right way, you know, and it feels like so blessed that people love the, loves it and uh, that I get so much support. Like I'm so happy and so grateful and like, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, if I made people love it and if I made people to feel something, so then this is already great and it's something that important and something that makes sense of it, you know. You mentioned it a little bit earlier on, but how how much have you learned from from obviously competing in in Mellow last year? How how much do you feel like you have come on as an artist? Do you feel like your ideas are heard a, a bit more? Like how much have you learned from obviously this being your second year? I feel like I grown up so much, like just in one year. I don't know if it's because of that or it's just in general because of Sweden and me being here as an artist in this industry and learning so much every day but I've I feel like I've grown up and I this thing that I that I learned last year it's to really enjoy and uh, enjoy the moment and just you know to just have this nice feeling after because usually you know like it it's personally with me I don't know but personally with me when I'm thinking so much about result and like you know about that it's not good for me like i'm focused on something not that right to be focused for me like it's better to focus on the performance and to just you know do my best and give my all and then like you know results not in my hands you're probably not gonna be able to tell me but are there any changes to the performance for the grand final but i mean i can tell that because it's we're very happy with the performance and with the staging and um, there's not going to be so much big changes in the final. I had an idea 
to be honest. I had an idea. I I wanted to bring this idea to the final, but uh, unfortunately, we're not allowed to do ah. this. <laughs> Can you tell us what the idea was? Yeah, I wanted to do a dance break. Oh, what, like a <laughs> like a Chanel at Eurovision, that kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. A bit. That's not happening. <laughs> unfortunately, it's not happening because like we're not allowed because of the rules, and you know we're not allowed to change like the. Uh, the timing of the song. Maybe you'll get to do the dance break when you perform it after Mellow. Maybe. Uh, another, yes, at, yes. At, at another time. Last question from me. How much would it mean to you to, to represent your, your new adopted nation, of course, of, of Sweden at Eurovision? <laughs> well, it would be such an honour and it would be such an uh, amazing moment in my life. But I also think that it would be an amazing moment for both amazing my favorite countries as in Ukraine and Sweden because I mean it would be historical because I would represent Sweden still being my identification like as an Ukrainian but you know as right now it would be show so much connections between these two countries I think and it would show so much like supporting from Sweden I like for me I see this in this kind of perspective so like it would be such an, a historical moment to you know like as a face of these two countries um yeah i mean both of these countries mean so much to me and means so much to me in my life so it would be a great moment the power of the yellow and blue <laughs> yes exactly exactly maria thank you so much for chatting and good luck in the malfest final Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Maria is just so much fun. I'd love to see that dance break version of When I'm Gone as well. I'm sure you would love to see it as well. Maybe we'll see it at some point over the next few weeks and months. Uh, now, though, let's welcome back Smash Into Pieces onto the podcast. We spoke to frontman Adam on the first episode of the series as the band were ready to return to the competition a year after their debut, where they finished third in the final. I caught up with Adam a few days ago when he was on board a ship, believe it or not, uh, heading to one of their live shows last week. They are, in fact, in the middle of a tour as we speak. Uh, but this is what happened when we caught up, and I started by asking Adam uh, what their heat was like a few weeks ago. Well, we, we kind of knew the production. You know, we were there last year, uh, so we knew all the people, so it felt like a family gathering. Uh, it was nice to be back, and... Uh, Last time, it was more tension, I guess, because it was a totally new format for us to be a part of. This time, we kind of knew how things were going to go. And um, and as I said, we, we knew all the, the production people. And um, so the aim for this time was more like to have fun. And did you have fun? Yeah, I had really much fun. And and also, my my family was with me. They were sitting kind of in the front row. And uh, so I, I, I did a little, you know, hand gesture. So, yeah, felt good. What was the uh, the moment like when you were announced as that first qualifier? Because that must be the moment where you think, phew, we've done it. We've done our job. What is that moment like when uh, when Karina shouts out, smash into pieces? Like last time, I was, I was prepared for someone else's name <laughs> to be called out. So, and you can actually see that. If you go back and watch the SVT, uh, uh, the footage of it, yeah, 
yeah, the footage, you can actually see me being really like, there's a lot of question marks in my reaction. So <laughs> I, I, I was honestly, I, I thought that, um, that uh, Adam was going to win Adam Woods. And I love what they've done this year where you perform your song again, but you get to perform it in and amongst the crowd. That must have been a cool moment to be like right there with the, with the crowd rather than uh, right up on the stage. Yeah, the, fun- <laughs> the funny thing was I wasn't really prepared for that. Did you not know you had to do that? They talked about it. Right. But they didn't really rehearse the thing with us first. <laughs> so I remember I got the microphone in my near system and they were like, follow that camera. And I was like, well, where is the camera? <laughs> so I was kind of kind of lost there, but um, it turned out fine. I actually think that that performance was even better because it felt really much like more connected. You've done a very good job as a band, as Smashing to Pieces, because you're the, f- I don't know if you know this, you are the first band in Melfest history to go to the final twice uh, for 20 years. A band hasn't done that since 2003, believe it or not. That must be a good, a good, you know, a satisfying thing to know now. Well, it's kind of cool to set records, I guess. Um, but do you know which act it was <laughs> 20 years ago? It was the band Barbados. Oh, really? Yeah. Magnus Carlson. Yes. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You can go and tell the rest of the band now, and uh, they can be as amazed as you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so give us an idea about what happens between now and, and the final then. Have you been making any changes to that live performance, or is it literally just going to be copy and paste for, from what we saw in that first show? Well, we have some changes, because afterwards we we understood that people really didn't understand that APOC was with us during the show. So we want to bring him in more into the final. And um, so, yeah, but we have a quite few changes. And as always, we're aiming for, you know, to develop and change, adapt, and try to, I guess, polish a little bit on everything we do. So... Yeah, there's going to be a few changes. I don't know if you've caught up with uh, with any of the other shows. I don't know if you've seen any of the other performances for, from anybody else who's going to be in the final. But now you know who else is in there. Have you sort of set yourself a, a, a level of what you want to achieve in the final? We, we always want to showcase what Smashing the Pieces are. And in my world, we have already won because of that statement you made about us being the first band to make it into the finals twice we're always competing with ourselves we're not competing with anyone else and i think that's the most constructive way you can kind of live your life i mean we're, we're always working really hard but we're not really because we've done this for 16 years you know we we didn't have anything in the start of our career and we worked so hard for everything and We've gone through everything together as a band, and here we are. So let's do a good showcase, and if people like it, they like it. But I've already won. The Melfest final is just one show in many, because you are going to be going all across Europe and US after this as well, because you've on a huge tour. Yeah, we're actually now on our Swedish tour. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, just, we're just grinding all the time, and... My girlfriend and my son is not really happy about that, but uh, <laughs> my life, I guess. That's like the life of a rock musician. It's totally rock and roll, totally rock and roll. <laughs> uh, 
Adam, thank you so much for your time. I will let you go uh, and enjoy this boat trip and enjoy the show tonight. And I wish you the very best of luck for the Melfest final yet again. Thank you. A big thanks to Adam there for from Smash Into Pieces and, of course, Maria Sir, who we heard from before that. Now, Jenny and Gustav have returned. We are going to look ahead to the final in full. Jenny, would you like to take us through the running order for Saturday night? First out is Maria Sur, When I'm Gone. Number two, Jay Smith, Back to My Roots. Number three, Lisa Ajax, Awful Liar. Number four, Smash Into Pieces, Heroes Are Calling. Number five, Cassiopeia, Give My Heart a Break. Number six, Annika Vicky Halder, Light. Number seven, Marcus and Martinus, Unforgettable. Number eight, Dotter, It's Not Easy to Write a Love Song. Number nine, Medina, Kesera. Number ten, Liamo, Dragon. Number eleven, Jacqueline, Effortless, and finally, number 12, Danny Saucedo, happy that you found me. Wonderful stuff, Jenny. Thank you for <laughs> Thank you. battling through that, because you have to do like double what everyone else has done over the past few weeks. Everyone's had to do six, and then you've uh, done 12. Yeah. So. It was a bit sweaty, so. but it, it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who is happy then, Jenny, with that running order draw? Yeah, absolutely, Maria Sur, uh, and I think also Marcus and Martinez and Danny Saucedo. So why would why do you think Maria Sir would be happy to open the show? Because she's early on. Obviously, she she is the first one on stage, and I guess people will remember her for being the first on. But is it is it not better to be late on, Jenny? Um, maybe sometimes, but not all the time. Uh, and I think it's a great start, and she sets the tone of the whole uh, final of Melody Festival, and and everything else that will be coming after because she has a really uh, great and very nice looking number so everything that comes after everyone will compare with that forgive me please i'm going to put you on the spot again but what do you do you happen to have any stats on what it is like to open a, a, a final of melody festival uh, yeah, definitely. When it comes to the running order, I would say that uh, Jacqueline could also be said to be uh, quite happy at number 11 there. Mm. Um, to, to open isn't bad. Uh, it's, uh, of course, if you look at the statistics for the final in Melody Festival, and it's the same pattern that you always see for the running order in every song contest. Uh, it's that uh, number one isn't terrible. And then number two has the weakest overall result. And then it's a little better with number three, a little better again with number four and so on. So it's basically the same in the final, uh, but maybe not as pronounced in the heat. At least we would have expected it to be uh, more pronounced in the heat because we expect that people already found a favorite in many cases before mm. the final and they, they stick to that. But also people vote during the show and then they vote on the emotional impression that they get from watching the show. Uh, but the, generally, of course, with the running order, it's just basic behavioral psychology that first and last is a focus position that you make more notice of. And uh, then uh, if you vote late, uh, for example, after you, you heard all the songs, then you will have a bigger impression from what you have seen lately. I've got to pick you up on something that you mentioned, because I think perhaps for international viewers who don't vote, of course, you might not know this, but you can vote before the show has started. You can vote before you've actually seen the performances. Yeah, you can vote from uh, seven in the evening. Um, so uh, this is uh, like a, a small tweak. I expect that uh, there are not a lot of votes coming in at that time. But uh, uh, actually, uh, this is a bigger discussion. But uh, the project manager of Melody Festival said this season that the voting application for Melody Festival is not a voting application 
in the perspective of, of the project management. It's an engagement application. It's a, an application to make the viewers engage with the show because from SVT, finding the best um, Eurovision result is secondary. Uh, primary is to find the best Melody Festival and show for the Swedish people. We spoke to Karin Gunnarsson, uh, one of the producers of the show a few weeks ago here on the podcast. And she told us that one of the big aims is to win Eurovision again, to win it back to back. Jenny, which of these 12 songs do you think would stand the best chance of winning the Eurovision Song Contest? Of these 12 songs, I can't mention yes. the one I am so disappointed of is not in the final. Okay, so... Oh, tell, oh you've got to tell us uh, that then. Well, you can't I tease think us with that. that Scarlet with Circus X had had the greatest chance in Eurovision this year. Because that is mm. a kind of a performance and song that people in, in Eurovision like. So I think that, but now I think maybe Medina could, uh, we, we could try to send something that's completely different than we usually send. Because we always send the uh, nicest looking best song. We, we, we're mm. obsessed with that. We can never send something crazy, which <laughs> like, you know, like Norway or Finland has done uh, some years. We never do that. And it's quite boring. It could be this year we should do it because I don't think we have the possibility to win Eurovision this year. And it would be in Swedish. And Gustav, when did that last happen? Uh, in the Swedish was 1998. Uh, Finland sang in Swedish in 2012, but uh, Sweden last sang in Swedish in 1998 when uh, it was the last year before, before the language was, was let free in Eurovision. Uh, so uh, yeah, there are a lot of statistics about songs in in Swedish in the Melody Festival and final. If you're if you're interested, <laughs> absolutely good stuff. Because we've just got the one, right? Uh, yeah, we have one out of twelve, which is Medina, and they mix in uh, some French and and Spanish there too. Uh, so that's the only uh, Swedish language song, and this is actually the lowest that we have ever had, tied with uh, a couple of other years, uh, actually with 2019 and uh, 2020. It means that we had um, a conversion from the heats of Swedish language songs uh, of um, from 33% to 8%. We had uh, 10 Swedish language songs out of 30, and now we just have one out of 12. So that goes from 33 to 8%. If you look at the statistics here, there, there is a shift that happened sometime during the noughties where we had a transition from schlager to pop music. Uh, last time when we had a majority of songs in Swedish in the Melody Festival and final was in 2005. Uh, so uh, English was allowed in the contest from 2002. So, so uh, after a couple of years, it started to shift. And you can see really clearly that we had uh, seven songs in Swedish out of 10 in 2004. And I think that kind of drops kind of quickly. We had three in 2008. And then it was suddenly two out of 10. That's 20%. Uh, actually, for every year from 2009 to 2014, then we got uh, uh, 12 songs in the final. We also had 12 songs in, uh, we had 11 songs in 2009 for the record, but then we got 12 songs in 2015. Then we actually had four songs in Swedish, but then two, 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 one, one. And then we went up three, 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 and now we're back at one. Well, I'm glad you've brought it all up because I, I think I've been wanting to have this conversation almost all of this series, but we've never quite found the right time. Uh, Jenny, wh what is it like as a as a Swedish viewer of Melfest when most of the songs that we're going to get in that final aren't actually in your own language? I know a lot of people in Sweden can speak English, but 
when they're not actually in your native language, what is that actually like? Uh, I, I haven't really thought about it, actually, because we're so used to it now that it's in English. So I haven't thought about it, actually. But And maybe because so many of us in Sweden actually speak uh, English the way that we do. So And also because we always want to win Eurovision. We always <laughs> want to send the best song and that has to be in English. That's in our heads and it's in, in, it's in the DNA. Uh, maybe we should try to change it. Can I squeeze in uh, yes. another observation regarding this? Uh, because Sweden, more than 100 years ago, Sweden used to be poor. And then uh, the world wars happened and uh, Sweden kind of made a very, very fast transition from being poor to being rather wealthy and was the, the front runner among countries in the world, maybe in the 60s, and felt like we're the most modern country in the world. And that was the complete zeitgeist in Sweden. Uh, and I think it's related to this that we are still very trend sensitive. We're looking uh, to the future, not to our history. And we are looking at like wh which is the cultural superpower in the world setting the trends, the United States. Uh, they are talking English. We are singing in English in our pop music. It has uh, something like this um, uh, could explain a, a part of this. It's fascinating. I feel like somebody needs to write a, a, a paper about this, like a PhD about <laughs> Swedish culture and Swedish language. Jenny, you wanted to jump in. Yeah, I, think. I just say, uh, I just think also that we sung in Swedish in the Eurovision for so long, for so many years. That's why we finally can th sing in English and finally uh, the other people in Europe can understand what we are saying. So maybe that's also... One uh, explanation to, uh, to why we like to have our songs in English. Let's get back to the final, at least, anyway. I know that was a great chat, but we have to talk about the final war, don't we? Marcus Martinez, then. the do appear, Jenny, to be the out-and-out -out favourites uh, at the moment, don't they? Yes, they do. And how fun and how nice wouldn't it be if Sweden actually voted for Norway in the <laughs> Swedish Melody Festival? And I would love it. And it would be so great to send Marcus and Martinez. Yeah, they were the best uh, fully foreign act ever uh, last year, tied with Arya Sayoma in, in 1987. Uh, so if they win, they will be the best uh, fully foreign act ever in Melody Festival in history. You know, the times are, are changing and... Uh, Uh, probably the time is, is uh, ripe, it could happen. If you look at the odds, they are massive, absolutely massive frontrunners to win this. It's like Loreen level odds at this point. Um, and also it's, it's kind of interesting because when Norway last hosted in 2010, they sent a song by uh, Fredrik Kjempe, the Swedish songwriter, uh, My Heart Is Yours by uh, Didek Solitangen. And uh, if, if uh, we would now send a Norwegian act with Swedish songwriters, though, it would be kind of the other way around and kind of, thank you, we're paying back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice full, yeah, it's a nice full circle moment, isn't it? It uh, would be interesting, wouldn't it? Jenny, let's chat about Danny Saucedo because he seemed to be one of the big talking points before the competition this year. We then saw him on stage and I... I feel like we talked about this last week. We we felt maybe a little bit underwhelmed by his his performance a little bit. It didn't seem like a full a full Danny Saucedo performance like we're used to. No, I I I, I totally agree with you. I was quite disappointed just 
both with the song and both with the performances where the, the the most exciting thing that happens is that the thing that falls down in the end <laughs> uh, and so i think it was and i think it's it, it's a bit uh, sad that uh, SVT will close with Danny's song because I think that uh, I, I understand that they can't uh, uh, end with Medina once again but I think it would have been better with a different song in the end. I mean think uh, people in, uh, anyway kind of liked Danny's song and is going to vote for it but I think he, I don't think he, he will win. What if he adds some dancers or some pyrotechnics? Do you think that would help no. at all, or is that just no. not even worth it? No, he's not going to be able to uh, add something this late, will he, Gustav? Uh, no, it wouldn't be possible. Um, there was a, a rumor, I have absolutely no idea, so I'm free to speculate here, <laughs> uh, that he was scaling down his acts kind of intentionally in the heat with the self-confidence that he would advance to the final anyway and then it would surprise everyone with adding a lot of stuff for the final to make it as it was supposed to be uh, that would be the the most uh, the, the greatest thing ever so so funny <laughs> if it actually happened i have no idea shall we chat about jimmy joker i love chatting about jimmy joker because i think he is spectacular i think he's a great songwriter clearly by his his recent record but he does get a a a lot of flack for whatever reason uh gustav just give us a bit of detail about him because i think we spoke to you at this time last year about his incredible record and he's almost done it again what is it five out of six songs in melfest this year he's gotten to the final yeah, exactly. And uh, I think it's important to put this in, in some historical context because he's really writing history here. Uh, this is, of course, uh, he, he's an internationally successful songwriter. He's written for acts such as One Direction, Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, Pitbull and so on. Um, and uh, he has, as you said, he had five of his songs in the final. Now he's 12 songs in the final. So uh, <laughs> he, he took part in five of them. Uh, but he has, he has also, that, like no other songwriter has ever had more than four songs in the final. And he had six last year. Now he has five. Uh, so like, it's not like we see this every year. Um, mm. And uh, during the last four years, he has uh, written... Uh, 18 songs out of the 48 songs that we have seen in the final. So uh, that's more than one third he, he has contributed to uh, uh, of the final entries. Uh, during his total Melody Festival and career, he only had 24 songs. And out of those 24 songs, only six songs did not go to the final. Uh, so this is absolutely massive. And I'm, I'm laughing because like, I, I would argue we haven't seen anything like this uh, except once. And that was with the songwriter Åke Gerhard. And he won the contest in 1958, 1959, 1960, and 1962. Uh, so four out of the first five years, he actually won them. And in the final of 1960, when they had heats, uh, they just had four songs in the final, and he qualified with uh, three out of his songs uh, to that final. So we had three out of four in that final in 1960. But we are talking about those timescales when it comes to Jimmy Joker mm. at this point. Me and Jenny have both been sat here just shaking our heads in disbelief because some of these statistics are just so impressive. Jenny, do you think it is a bad luck or not for Melody Festival and that we have a songwriter who just seems to have so many successful songs. Is it a bad luck or not? 
a little bit of both actually because uh, I've been talking to some uh, of my friends kids that thinks that all the songs in Melody Festival and sound kind of the same and uh, it I mean if we have all the same songwriters that work together they, they uh, and write a lot of songs for Melody Festival and it will find It will, it will it will end up that way that um, many songs sounds kind of uh, alike, but I mean with his record it's it's fantastic and he has given us uh, the Eurovision uh, win. I mean we love him for that and we love all the other <laughs> songwriters as well. I mean they do uh, very much for Melody Festival and, and Swedish music, but I think that we need to have some new material and some new uh, songwriters to make something happen with the Melody Festival. As always, fascinating to sort of delve into those statistics, but uh, at the end of the day statistics will not decide the winner it'll be the people at home it'll be the international juries as well uh and it's uh it would be wrong of me not to ask uh jenny give me your predictions is it safe to say that marcus martinez are just going to walk away with it or is there going to be a little bit of a battle uh to take home the win i think it's going to be a, a little bit of the battle uh because i think that the the international jury will vote for marcus and martinez and then sweden It's going to be no. We cannot send uh, two Norway, two Norwegian <laughs> guys. So they will give them uh, uh, number two. So they will end up as number two of the Swedish people. Well, I think that the the international jury's uh, um, votes will be so high. So Marcus and Martinez will win. I, w- I would just say that it's uh, it's always interesting with the finals when we get to see the international juries because they are like this joker. Uh, factor that comes in in the final is it's kind of hard to predict. So after seeing a couple of of relatively predictable heats, now mm. we get to see something different in in the final. But Gustav, do you have a favorite during uh, all of the Melody Festival in history? Uh, And you cannot say uh, as, Abba or Lorien or you know one <laughs> of the obvious. As many fans, I kind of changed my favorite uh, because, uh, you know, based on mood and so on. But I like this ethnic uh, vibe. So I would say Roger Ponte with Navinda Naviska Mitnam and also Silverland. Oh. I, I really like Silverland. Me too. I was so disappointed when Silverland didn't reach the final. Uh, that was such a scandal. Yes. Robbed. Yes, robbed. <laughs> He was robbed. <laughs> Maybe we need to do like an archive version of Melfest Monday where we just bring you two back and we can chat about Melfests from the history. Please. Perhaps that's probably a good <laughs> idea us. for the summer. Great idea. <laughs> I, and uh, I've been meaning to do this all, all episode uh, and I've just remembered there, Gustav, I was meant to mention this the last time you were on, but uh, Jenny, did you know this, that Gustav has a part to play in the word Melfest? Ooh, no, I didn't. Oh yeah, well, yeah, that was one of the the things I've done throughout my career. I've been working with close to the show for 17 years, but this was back in uh, the autumn of 2012 um, when uh, we were going to decide on a hashtag for Melodi Festivalen. And people were writing like Melo, Melodi Festivalen, Melodi Festivalen 2011, and so on on Twitter and everywhere. And this wasn't... um, Uh, we wanted something to, to bring the conversation into one place. Um, and then we had a discussion. Should we have Mel uh, and then the year? Or should we have uh, Melfest? I think those were the two. Uh, and I said like, no, no, we need Melfest. Come on. Uh, I don't know really who came up with the idea, but it was 
really natural. Maybe it was me or, or someone else. It was me and Thomas Hall and also uh, Miria Bokholm, who was working uh, on uh, uh, the website at that time. And um, then uh, we put it out on Twitter. Do you want uh, Mel and then the year or do you want Melfest? And uh, thankfully they voted Melfest. And <laughs> since then we've had Melfest. And then we had like Bloomberg and stuff writing articles and just calling the show consistently Melfest, naming the show Melfest instead of, of Melody Festivalen. It's good. It's shorter. And also I think mellow doesn't sound good in, in English. So I would uh, recommend exactly. all the English speaking uh, viewers to say Melfest instead. Thanks for there that. You go, Jenny. I bet you didn't know that before. No, I didn't know that. And thank you for that. It was, it was great to have something different also than just mellow. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jenny, Gustav, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, and most importantly, enjoy the show on Saturday night. You too. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you, Gustav. Well, there we are then. Hopefully you are up to speed on the final of Melody Festival in 2024. Just one more show to come and we will know who was representing Sweden at the Eurovision Song Contest in Malmö this year. On home soil, of course. Another home entry for Sweden. Who do you think is going to win? Is it a foregone conclusion for Marcus Martinez or is somebody else going to come along and steal the crown? Do let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you do get in touch at your podcast uh, across twitter instagram tiktok and threads you can email us as well hello at eurotrippodcast.com and don't forget over on our twitter as well that poll to decide ultimately what is Lorene's best eurovision song it's a very difficult question to answer i forgive you if uh, you just have to close your eyes and press on one of them on the screen in front of you uh, but we will be back in a week's time for the final of Melfest Monday, the final episode of the series where we will be debriefing and digesting everything from the final and deciding just how much of a chance Sweden has to win Eurovision for a record eighth time. As well, we'll be back on Wednesday for your regular episode of the Eurotrip, rounding up everything from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. In the meantime, though, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.